Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where every week we discuss the latest issues surrounding the complicated world of personal finance. Each week, join Walter Storholt and certified financial planner Dan Capril as they help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. And for more information on today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle. Walter here alongside Dan, and we've got a great topic to discuss with you today. Uh, Dan, you've heard of you know the frequently asked question page on a lot of websites out there, right? The FAQ page. It's you know it's, right. it's a place to go for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they exist in the financial world. We could easily put together a frequently asked questions uh, topic for our listeners. In fact, probably pretty much every week, that's what we're doing here on solving the financial puzzle. But we're going to flip that idea on its head today. We're going to talk about the unasked questions, the frequently unasked questions of retirement planning. Which actually are often the most important questions. It's, it comes back to that. I hear people sometimes when they come see me, they say, I don't know what I don't know. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and I think these, these questions can, are, are a lot like that. In other words, these are the questions that you may not have even known that you needed to ask. Uh, so we'll yep. give you a couple of good ones to think yeah. about on today's podcast. Uh, the first one, Dan, and this is particularly tailored to you, uh, it has to do with taxes, of course. How yep. much are my tax-deferred savings going to cost me in taxes is a yeah, question that a lot of people overlook. They, they do, and it's, it's probably the biggest one because, you know, we all know how a market downturn can hurt us. Uh, we all know how inflation can hurt us. But what we don't know is, and there's no way to know until it happens, is how much is Uncle Sam's cut of our savings going to hurt us? And that that's a big one. Uh, we talk a lot about, um, with our clients, about the fact that uh, demographically, we are changing as a country, dramatically changing. The baby boomers, we're no longer, those of us who fall in that category, we're no longer the largest generation. We're second. But we're only surpassed by the the newborns. I guess you can call the newborns <laughs> millennials, but they don't. There's not. They're not old enough to really contribute to the tax dollars that the country needs. And so what we've got here is a situation where baby boomers are retiring at a rapid rate. They're leaving the workforce, which means they're not putting as much money into the tax system, and they're pulling massive amounts of money out in the entitlement system. That being Medicare, uh, Social Security. Medicaid. And if, if you understand how a, a, a pyramid scheme works, you got a lot of people at the bottom funding money for the small people at the top. And now the people at the bottom are, are not that small compared to the people at the top. It's like three to one, it's going to be two to one. So if you don't have a clear understanding about how much of your savings you're going to lose to the government, you're really overestimating what your net worth is. And so when I hear people say, you know, I'm worried about running out of money during retirement, and that's a valid fear, you should. But one of the things you need to factor into that concern is taxes. And sometimes I'll see all these strategies done to alleviate market risk. I'm not seeing a whole lot of strategies being done to eliminate tax risk. And you need to do that. You need to have a strategy in place that minimizes that. And and one of the ways that you do that ultimately is you start positioning your, your assets from tax deferred, which is what 401ks, 403bs, IRAs do. And you position them from tax deferred to tax free. And that usually involves a multi-year strategy to do just that. So if you've never gotten a copy of our Retirement Rescue Toolkit, where it has my book, um, Retirement Rescue, and there's, there's a new report now that we put in there called the um, five strategies for defusing the ticking tax time bomb. Get a copy of it. Um, it's free. And a lot of our listeners uh, to the podcast have ordered it. That's 
pretty much how they found out about us. I'll get a copy of that. And it's real simple. Just uh, if you have a um, cell phone, you can text the word retire to triple five triple eight. That's one way. And then you'll get a link back. Another way is you can just go to our website, quizdan.com, or just give my office a call. Area code 513-563-PLAN is the number. That's 513-563-7526. But we'll, we'll get that out to you. I, I talk a lot about this. It's a big, big topic. And um, we're also introducing, uh, shortly I'll have information on that, but we're also introducing a, a webinar series specifically on this topic. So good one to always be concerned about. Uh, you need to ask a lot about it because I know the current administration talks about lowering taxes, and I think that's fabulous. But that's that's a short-term phenomenon. Yeah. The demographics are ultimately going to drive this problem. And if you're not asking that question, you're really overlooking a major, major obstacle. Yeah, taxes is so big, and it's so curious why so many people overlook it as an essential question to their retirement planning. And oh, yeah. uh, so, again, really be sure to ask that question. How much are my tax-deferred savings going to cost me when it comes time to you know take taxes out of those accounts? Another frequently unasked question, Dan, how much can I withdraw from my savings each year? Yeah, and, you know, the, the, the thing about it is that it's not a, a decision you can make and set in stone. It's actually an action that you have to evaluate year by year. Now, a big mistake I see people make and it's just a purely mathematical mistake, is they assume they're going to get a set rate of return every year. And they'll pick a modest one, but they'll like maybe do an Excel spreadsheet. And they'll say, okay, or I've even seen advisors do this, which is really disturbing. And they'll say, okay, if I get 4% or 5% every year, and I'm, I'm withdrawing out 3 4% every year, here's what my net worth looks like at the end of 20 years. But here's the problem. That's not what's going to happen you're not going to get the same rate of return every year. The only way you can get the same rate of return every year is if you accept zero as your rate of return. That you can do. But everything else, you're going to fluctuate. So here's the problem. If I'm, let's say, let's say someone's got a million dollars and they want to withdraw $50,000 a year. Now, first question is, do you want that before tax or after tax? But let's just take tax out of the equation for a second. So I want $50,000 a year. Now, if I have an up year, if my portfolio makes, say, 10%, well, I take out my 50 grand and I, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead. But if I have a negative year, let's say I lose 5%, now I got 950,000, I take out my, my 50,000, now I've only got $900,000 left. And if you get, if you get 5% the next year, you're still not at a million dollars. And the point is, is that when you have a negative year, you have to sell more shares to get the same amount of money that you wanted. So those extra shares that you sold, they're gone. And that becomes a big problem for people because they think of average rate of return. And what you really need is consistency of return. That's what's going to drive the process. So you cannot do your retirement projections just assuming a set rate of return every year. That's guaranteed to be wrong. In fact, there's absolutely no way you're going to know what your rate of returns are going to be every year. What you need to do is, is literally run many, many simulations, and you use random rates of return within a statistically acceptable range of returns that your portfolio is likely to do. We call it in the trade, I hate to use inside baseball talk, but we call it a Monte Carlo simulation. Ooh, that sounds fancy yeah. and fast. Doesn't that sound fancy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it up. The academics made that one up. But the point is, is like when we work with people, we literally run 10,000 retirement simulations. And what I'm telling somebody is not how much money they're going to have in a given year. What I'm telling them is the likelihood of them having any money in a given year. 
That is a far more accurate. But here's also the other thing. You need to revisit that every single year. So when we have a client come in for an annual review, or retirees especially, we don't talk a whole lot about last year's returns. They're, they're not meaningful. What we talk about is given their age, given their net worth, given the volatility that they're likely to have, if they pull out the same amount of money that they took out last year and maintain that, what's the likelihood of them running out of money in their lifetime? And so it's a slightly more complicated discussion. But here's the other thing, too, is nobody has, takes the same amount of money out every year. So there's going to be some years where you're going to want more. There's going to be some years you want less. No one takes an increase in inflation every year. Uh, we project for it, absolutely. But um, it changes. So I kind of look at it like when I'm flying an airplane. Well, I don't fly an airplane. But if somebody was to fly an airplane, they would constantly be adjusting the plane until it lands. The plane is always off course. What you're, what you're most concerned about when you're at you know 30,000 feet is, do I have enough fuel? Am I heading in the right general direction? But literally, until you land the plane, you're always going to be off course. It's just a matter of making the necessary adjustment. And it works the same way with retirement income planning and determining how much you should withdraw from savings each and every year. So interesting to hear about these different things and the unasked questions of yeah. retirement planning and yeah. tax-deferred savings, considering those, that's a big one. The withdrawals from your savings, such a complicated mm-hmm. issue if you don't have yeah. the right guidance and advice on it. So that's another mm-hmm. big one. Uh, here's another one, Dan, and this is one that I think a lot of people assume, and that's should I still have life insurance when I'm retired? Big question for a lot of people, but they don't ask it. <laughs> they don't, and you know what? It's a case-by-case example. Let's talk about the merits of life insurance, first of all. It, there, there are two primary merits that we need to be aware of. The first one is that the benefit that's paid when you die, you know, I always try to point out to people, it's not gonna, probably not going to do you any good. You have to die first. But the benefit that's paid out is paid out tax-free. So when we discuss the fact that 401ks and IRAs and 403bs have never been taxed, one way to offset Uncle Sam's hit on those is by having life insurance because the death benefit goes to you tax-free, which is a really nice feature. So to the extent that we want to offset taxation in our plan, life insurance can be a useful way to do it. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that if it's a permanent policy, and by this I would mean universal life insurance or whole life insurance, the cash value in the policy is available to you at any time. And if you take it out properly, usually through loans and withdrawals, you can access that money tax-free as well. So if you've had money in a life insurance policy long enough to where maybe you put in 50 grand and it's now worth 100, you can access that growth and not pay taxes. Then you got to do it the right way. You don't want the policy to lapse. The policy lapses now the, the, the cash value becomes, or at least the growth becomes taxable to you. So it, it just depends on your situation. Now, very often the discussion is not so much about do I buy more life insurance as much as it is do I keep what I have? And that's a great, great question. And that's what we need to examine. And if you can afford to keep it, if it's not going to hurt you financially to keep it, well, yeah, keeping it may actually be something worth considering. So just don't dismiss it entirely. Good planning involves a slightly more level of intricacy and complexity than I think most people realize. And sometimes we just read what Money Magazine says or what we saw in The Motley Fool. And look, it's it's got to be a little bit more specific to you. That'd be kind of like me going on WebMD and then telling my physician how he should you know, take care of me. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. It's good general information, but no, he gets the final call. So just understand that um, a lot of people don't need it. I get that. 
But there are certain situations where it can be quite useful. Now, if you can get it, depends on other factors too. But uh, um, to say that life insurance doesn't fit in is um, is a little short-sighted. Yeah, and it's really more than just picking the right mutual fund for your retirement. I mean, look at all the things we're analyzing just on this one podcast oh, yeah. of life insurance yeah. and withdrawals and tax-deferred savings and all these different decisions that have to be made along the way. And, well, uh, and you know, and too often, this is what we see when we, when we meet with people for the first time, is that they're working with an advisor, but that advisor is just handling investments. That's all he does. And they're overlooking all these other things. And I, I explain to people that, you know, sometimes your need for an advisor and the type of advisor changes as life goes on. So, for example, when I was younger, I only needed a doctor when I got sick. You know, a regular MD didn't even have to be board certified internal medicine. You know, somebody to give me whatever I needed, penicillin or whatever, if I got the flu, you know, I don't know. Didn't see him very often. As I got older, my needs changed and my needs for a specialist came into play. So the the physician or the medical team that I relied upon in my 20s is not adequate for what I now need here in my 50s. And I'm sure, unfortunately, as I get older, there'll, there'll be another specialist or two that'll work their way in. It's the same thing with, with, with personal finance. To think that you can plan your future by just working with somebody who understands investments um, you're leaving yourself exposed. And what you need to do is you need to make that decision. Is this the right team? Is this the right level of expertise that I need at this point in my life, seeing as how my needs have changed? And if the answer is no, well, you know, you owe it to yourself to do it right. Yeah, so important. We're talking with Dan Capril here on the Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast, and we're talking about some of the unasked questions of retirement planning. And healthcare is another one of those major retirement considerations, Dan, but a lot of people just kind of take Medicare at face value, and they don't think, what kind of medical coverage am I going to need over and above that Medicare? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just be clear. In its most basic sense, Medicare Part A, which you essentially get for free because it's being financed by people who are working today, that's just going to cover basic hospitalization, and there's going to be deductibles and copays associated with it. It doesn't cover trips to the doctor or anything like that. If you want that, you then elect Medicare Part B, and that will that will provide for that. If you want drug coverage, well, then there's Medicare Part D, and these are all things you got to buy. Uh, a is you don't, but the others are going to either you're going to pay a premium for them directly or it's going to be deducted from your Social Security check. There's deductibles and copays with everything. Now, here's something to understand. A lot of people are very quick to go out and buy Medicare supplement plans, and I'm not against them. I think for a lot of people, they work well. But the way they're priced for the average person, the premiums you pay will very often equal the benefits you receive. So just understand that. I've seen sometimes people stressed out they got to get a supplement plan. I said, well, all right, but if you could afford to to pay those copays, et cetera, and this is a year-by-year decision, by the way, that you can make on this, you, you may not find yourself as hurt financially as you think. Um, really where people get in trouble is where they need things like major surgery, stuff like that that costs, you know, if not maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. So just know this when you go in, know this when you when you price your plans. Medicare isn't going to cover everything when you reach age 65, and it's only available until you reach age 65. So when you, or it's only available when you reach age 65, I should say. So if you're going to retire early, you need to pick up that gap on your own, and you're going to need to go out and, and buy insurance. And that needs to be factored into your plan. The cost for that needs to be factored in. So just just be mindful of that. 
One of my grandfathers, uh, actually just this past weekend when I was visiting, he's originally from Hoboken, uh, so you'll, you'll appreciate this being from you know, somewhat in that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. He said, Medicare is bull, and you could fill in the rest <laughs> of that. <laughs> They just had some recent encounters with some certain issues uh, me- yeah. med- medically, and so that's his take on the situation. Well, here's the thing. Let's face it. For, a he- for health insurance, Medicare is like insuring burning homes. I mean, if you're a homeowner's uh, company, you want, a, you want a home that sits in the open plains with cement all around it and has a fire hydrant right outside the door. That's what you want, okay, if you're going to insure homes. No claims. You know, the fire department's right across the street. Everything's good. But it, with, with Medicare, where you're insuring 65-year-olds and older, let's face it, you're going to insure the most expensive of all people. So it's a losing proposition no matter how you do it. The, the problem is that, you know, if you look at us as uh, human beings historically, we probably weren't supposed to live as long as we do. So it's the type of thing where it's never going to be perfect. And, and, you know, you're never going to meet a more free market person than me, but health insurance is just a real challenge. There, there is no perfect solution. And so whether it be Medicare or Obamacare or Trump care, no, you're never going to make everybody happy. Yeah. Um, Talk about just, complicated. That's, oh, that's yeah, at the top of the list. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just guaranteed to stink. It's just going to be a matter of, okay, all these plans are terrible. Which one's the least of them all? Which one's the least terrible of them all? Mm-hmm. And you pick accordingly. Good news is, with things like supplements, et cetera, you can you can change them year to year. So if you don't like the one you're in, you don't have to live with it forever. Last thing to touch on, Dan, as we go through this sort of uh, the opposite of frequently asked questions, the unasked questions of retirement planning. And this one is so funny because in almost everything else in life, what's one of the first questions we ask? How much is it going to cost me? Right, right. <laughs> but in retirement planning, so many people kind of just skim right over that thought process of, well, how much am I really paying in fees and commissions? And that's another word for how much is this costing me? Yeah, I mean, they just don't ask the question or their advisor doesn't keep it, you know, right out there in the open. So know that. Um, some advisors will argue that the that they're worth the higher cost. I know that some things in life, the more you pay, the better quality you get. But that's not that's not necessarily true, particularly in the world of investments where lower cost products like index mutual funds tend to outperform the higher cost ones. So look, you if you're going to get service, you're going to pay for it. All right, you know, I, I'm a capitalist and, um, you know, we charge our coins, but we want them to know what they're charging us. And I want them to make that conscious decision that I'm worth it. And if I'm not worth it, then they, they, they should terminate me. So you just need to know that. Be, be aware, because obviously every dollar fee you pay is a dollar less that you have for yourself in your own retirement. So um, just just be informed, folks. These are these are some great questions that just don't get asked often enough. And I'll, I'll, I'll be candid. I think some advisors hide from these questions. Sure. They don't want you to ask them, right? So you now know you now know some good ones. If you're my client, you know, and you don't know the answer to this one, call me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give, give me a call. Five one three five six three plan. Give me a call, and we're going to go over that with you. But if um, if you're not a client of ours, first of all, I would encourage you to at least, if any of these things concern you and you haven't answered those questions, uh, give me a call. We'd be more than happy to sit down with you, talk to you, uh, get an understanding of your situation, and um, and help you with doing holistic planning, uh, looking at everything. Uh, to make sure that you're heading in the right direction. Uh, we don't charge for our consultations, so give us a call. Again, 513-563-PLAN, or you can also go to our, our website, quizdan.com. If you scroll down to the bottom of the, that page, there's a, there's a schedule button. You can click a big green button. You can schedule um, an appointment there. 
And you can just schedule a phone call if that's what you wanted to do. So anyway, appreciate everybody listening to this week's um, topic. I, I think it's a good one. And um, look forward to talking to you next on, on our podcast. Those are the unasked questions of retirement planning. You can find more podcasts and listen to past shows. Uh, and lots of great topics covered throughout really the years, I can say now. You, you're in technically calendar year number three of doing Solving the Financial Puzzle, Dan. Uh, listen, I'm giving Walter Cronkite a run for his money. <laughs> You. <laughs> you are, you are. <laughs> Quizdan.com, the place to go for all that great information. And of course, I'll give that uh, number to the office one more time in case you want to reach out there. It's 513-563-PLAN, 513-563-PLAN. And uh, Dan has offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and in Northern Kentucky. So there's a spot here in the Cincinnati and uh, surrounding communities that's probably convenient for where you are. Uh, if you're nearby listening to the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.